on today's show. Cam Whitmore showing a lot more poise in game two of Houston Rockets. The Summer League, Jabari Smith Jr. looking like he's absolutely turned the corner so dominant through these first two games of Summer League. And Dylan Brooks discusses why Houston was the right fit for him and what he expects to bring to this Houston Rockets team. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This mission control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come, come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, Two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment and subscribe in the comment section. I want your thoughts on Jabari Smith Jr. looking like the most dominant player through two games of NBA Summer League because he has been absolutely amazing through these first couple of games. We're going to talk about him in just a moment, but I want to talk about Cam Whitmore first. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Let's talk a little bit about Cam Whitmore, who, again, he didn't, you know, by any stretch of imagination, he didn't have a bad first summer league game. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to get it twisted. It wasn't a bad game, but there were definitely moments where you could see him maybe pressing a little bit, trying to do a little bit too much offensively, getting kind of caught up in the moment. Like, okay, I've got the ball. What do I do now with it? Like, okay, I'm going to attack. Like, just you know, kind of with the blinders on. And we talked about it, kind of looking like rookie season Tari at times. He felt a lot more under control in game two here for the Rockets. Uh, He finished the game with 21 points on nine of 16 shooting. He went three of seven from downtown. He did miss his only free throw attempt. He had one rebound, couple of assists, one steal. Uh, Even though the counting stats don't really jump off the page elsewhere, I was really impressed with his game because, again, it felt like he really was picking and choosing his spots a lot better. He got off to a fantastic start in this game. I mean, he got the opening tip and turned it into a dunk right at the rim. So, I mean, that's a you know emphatic way to start the game. And then you have the very next bucket for the Rockets off of this like elbow action for Jabari Smith Jr. where he had the ball at the elbow. He was kind of facing up for a second. Cam was off on the left side corner and the defender turned his back to Cam and Cam just did exactly what he's going to be able to do at a very, very high level on this Rockets roster, which was cut back door. He cut back door. Jabari Smith Jr. immediately saw the cut happening, got on the ball. Cam goes up, yams at home. It was a really impressive, you know, couple back to back punches right out of the gate for Cam Whitmore to kind of get himself going a little bit, right? To just, you know, get a good feel for things. And then, you know, there were other moments throughout this game that just looked like he was a bit more under control. He had some drives where he'd, you know, pull up for a mid-range jumper or just finish strong at the rim. I was honestly really impressed with just, again, how much more calm he kind of seemed in this game and how much more comfortable he felt in what he was doing. There were a couple moments throughout the game. Like, for example, there was one where Tari drove the ball in and kicked it to the corner and Cam was the corner guy. And maybe in game one, that would have been, okay, Cam's going to rush a three-point shot up, right? Because he's just like, I got the ball in the corner. I'm going to shoot it. 
in this one, he the defender rotated over to Cam, and as soon as the defender started to make the commitment to rotate to Cam in the corner, Cam made the right pass and swung it to Jabari out on the wing, and Jabari drained an open three-pointer, right? That's exact. Those little, like, smart decisions are the things that you really like to see from him, and there was one point where I was walking near the floor uh, during one of the Rockets' defensive possessions, and they've been switching a lot in summer league. I was really, really impressed by how much uh, Cam, Tari, and Jabari were all communicating on switches. I, I kind of stayed like you know near like baseline, one of the corners, kind of for a, a couple defensive possessions for the Rockets. And those guys, as they were going through these actions, as they were switching from defender to, or from, you know, as defenders were switching and as they were switching from player to player, uh, tracking the Pistons down, they were calling stuff out. They were calling switch. They were calling help. They were, they were so incredibly vocal. And it kind of reminded me of, you know, last year where Jabari and Tari, especially Jabari was being super vocal on the defensive end, but that hasn't, they haven't missed a beat, right? They've kept that up and it's good to get those type of defensive habits instilled early in a guy like Cam Whitmore, who can be a really good defensive presence at times. I I'd mentioned that the counting stats don't jump off the page in this one, right? He had all the rebounds in game one, you know, only walked away with one rebound in this game. But I was really impressed with his defense in this game. I talked about the communication, the guys switching, all of that. But there were also moments where, you know, I was watching from, you know, up here, my usual seat and just kind of watching some of the defensive rotations. And Cam was rotating well. He was paying attention to where he was supposed to rotate to. At times, he was even covering for other guys on the floor. I really thought that he did a phenomenal job kind of understanding where and when he was supposed to rotate and where he was supposed to be on the floor defensively. He had one possession where Asar Thompson tried to get something going against him, kind of took him off the dribble, tried to make you know get a, get a little driving, uh, driving attack going. And Cam just denied him, right? Asar had to pick up the ball, had nowhere to go with it tried to elevate over the top and cam forced him into a ridiculously difficult shot attempt so if that's the type of energy and hustle that cam can bring on the defensive end and if he can pick and choose his spots better on the offensive end i mean the sky's the limit for this kid the talent is all already there he's got the ability to really punch it home strong when he gets to the rim i'm really excited to watch him grow and continue to develop with this rockets team coming up i do want to talk about Jabari Smith Jr., who looks like he's absolutely turned a corner, the leading scorer through two summer league games, 35 and a half points so far. He was utterly dominant against the Pistons. We're going to talk about that coming up here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. If you're finally taking that summer vacation that you've been planning on but dreading on buying all of the necessities before you take off, it's time to stop spending your hard-earned money without getting anything in return. Enter Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure that you're beating inflation no matter what you are purchasing. Just link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that simple. Other apps give you points that don't really amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back. You can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Do want to talk a little bit of Jabari Smith Jr. here as well as a little bit Later on in our third segment, uh, we've got Dylan Brooks, who kind of talked about 
what he brings to this Houston Rockets team, what he envisions his role being on this team, uh, all of that. It's, it was he was really insightful. It was a really good interview with Dylan Brooks. We'll run that back and I'll share some thoughts. But Jabari, man, I mean, 35 and a half points per game through the first two games of Summer League. He's looked unstoppable. He really has. He's looked incredible through these first couple of games. Well, let me rephrase. He's looked incredible through, let's say, six quarters, right? Because the first two quarters of game one did not go so great for Jabari. He turned it around in the second half of that first game, and then he carried that momentum into this next game against the Pistons, where from the jump, I mean, he looked great. And it wasn't just like, oh, he's you know, taking some bad shots and they're just going in and he just can't miss. Like it wasn't one of those games where he's just, you know, hoisting every single shot and and no matter what he's throwing up there, it's going to go in. It was a game where it really felt like he was making good, high quality decisions with the basketball. Again, he was facilitating at a strong level. I want to, I want to get his box score pulled up here because he was actually so, so good in this game. So he finished with 38 points on 13 of 25 shooting. He was 3 of 10 from long distance. You hope that number is a little bit better. But again, on big volume, you live with you know the 30%. You hope he hits one or two more of those. The free throw shooting, again, continues to be really impressive. Got to the charity stripe 10 times, hit 9 of them. So 90% at the free throw stripe. He had 7 boards. He had 6 assists, a steal, and a block. Only 2 turnovers. Look, the facilitating and the driving are the two biggest things that I'm seeing from Jabari right now. Because I talked about the driving reacting to game one of Summer League, but it bears repeating his ability and his comfortability to put the ball on the floor. It's still like he's look, Jabari's never going to have like a Kyrie esque handle, right? Where he's like, boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, he's never going to be in his bag like that. That's just not the type of player he is. But he has gotten increasingly more effective with when he puts the ball on the floor and tries to make moves with it, right? His ability to put the ball on the deck and drive and attack. And now using his size, absorbing contact, finishing strong at the rim, it's been incredibly impressive. He had one play uh, in the third quarter, I believe, where he drove, drove the ball, absorbed contact, switched to his left hand as he was like falling and like spun it off the glass and made it for the and one play. Like, you know, even six months ago, Jabari would not have been able to do that. Like that would have been him tumbling or maybe he doesn't even draw the foul. Maybe he tries to shy away from the contact and it just results in a turnover or whatever. He's learning how to utilize his size to make his life easier, right? And to force the issue with defenders. When you're that big, when you're that tall, when you have the threat of being able to shoot over the top of guys, the moment you put the ball on the floor, him being able to like power in, you know, use his shoulders and lean into a defender and get a little bit more physical offensively is doing wonders for him. Early in the game, he had one where he drove in from the right wing and kind of turned it into like he drove in, kind of bumped off with his left elbow or left shoulder, I should say, and then like leaned, kind of leaned back. It wasn't quite like a fadeaway. It's just like he took the bump and then just elevated immediately, right? Just to clear a little bit of space with his defender and just drilled the shot like he was absolutely in the zone and then the passing the passing from Jabari has been a really pleasant surprise honestly he I always felt like through his rookie season he had a like some underrated court vision right he would make some good passes some good reads here and there kind of the right extra pass at times especially in the half court but in this game he was doing all sorts of things passing ball he had the early assist to Cam Whitmore that we talked about in the first segment where Cam cut backdoor and Jabari just, boom, hit him for the easy backdoor cut. He had one to close the third quarter where he's taking the ball out of bounds. And 
he's taking the ball out of bounds and it's basically like like quarters practically over right pistons are basically asleep at the wheel on defense and he just goes full quarterback and just throws the ball like the full length of the court and hits samuels down at the other end and samuels goes up for the for the easy two at the cup like that recognition and that awareness to be able to get the ball all the way down the court for an extra two points as the time was set to expire just some really really impressive stuff not only that he had a three to close the half uh that was i mean he he's he's had a few but like in this game against the pistons he had a few buckets like near the end of uh, he had one the three to close the half he had another bucket uh a two-pointer i believe uh where they sent like a double team at him near the end of the third quarter i want to say it was either near the end of the third or top of the fourth he had like the two-pointer uh on the baseline where they sent like two defenders at him i think it was near the end of the third quarter in fact, yeah, it was it was into the third quarter because then the very next play, Pistons go down, and then that's when Jabari did the like the quarterback pass to the other end of the court. So he was just getting to all the spots that he wanted to on the floor. The defense had no idea what to do with him, and the best like shot move, whatever of the night, went forth with him. And then as he came down on the other end of the floor, he was he was you know say, he had some words for the Pistons bench, and he was going back and forth with them too. And after the game, Tim McMahon from ESPN was was asking Jabari. He was like, you know, we were like, what were you saying to the Pistons bench? And he was like, I don't want to repeat it. Like, I, like I can't repeat it, or I'm not gonna, not going to repeat it. And uh, Tim McMahon goes, if you were mic'd up, would they have been able to use any of the uh, any of the footage, or would it have all been would have just been bleep bleep bleep? And Jabari was like, yeah, it would have all been bleeps. So just a little bit of trash talk going on between Jabari Smith Jr. and the Pistons, which hey, it's adding even more fuel to the fire that is the Rockets Pistons uh, feud rivalry, whatever you want to call it, going back to Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, and then obviously now the Thompson twins and now Steven Silas is on the Pistons coaching staff. And it's just like this ongoing thing. So I cannot wait for these two teams to meet up during the regular season. It is going to be uh, an electric pair of games to say the least. Also, uh, one other play that I wanted to highlight, which also involves Tari Eason. I love this play, and I love how much t- like Tari has been kind of. It, I want. I don't want to say he's been like a primary playmaker or anything, but Tari's been you know facilitating a little bit. He's been driving. He's been setting up his teammates. Been he's been really active, right, in trying to collapse the defense and make make quality reads. Uh, because normally when Tari drives, it's just a Tari drive is going to end in a Tari shot, and some usually that works because Tari's big and strong, and he can bounce guys off of them and finish through contact right at the rim. But sometimes it also ends in, you know, two or three guys collapsing on top of him and then it's a turnover or a bad shot. So seeing him, you know, kind of try to get into his playmaking bag a little bit has been nice. Tari had one drive where he drove in and dished it to a cutting Jabari coming in from the baseline. And man, like I saw, I saw Jabari sprint in from the corner as it was happening real time. And just, I, I was praying that Tari would hit him with the, with the pass for the cut he hits him and immediately like everybody in the arena goes because <gasps> they like Jabari was wide open. They knew it was going to be a big time dunk. And it was it was so emphatic that this place exploded when it happened. So a lot of highlight reel level stuff going on from Jabari Smith Jr. He looks comfortable. He looks confident. And I know it's only a couple summer league games, but it really does feel like Jabari Smith Jr. might be ready to take kind of that next step, maybe that big time like year two leap that we are hoping for him to take so much of it feels like 
at times in his rookie year, he maybe got in his own head a little bit where his confidence wasn't necessarily where it needed to be. We know that he is a basketball perfectionist. We've heard that from John Lucas before we heard it from Steven Silas. And at times it feels like maybe Jabari was kind of in his own head a little bit, whereas you can see there's just such a distinct difference in how he plays when he's got like a little bit of that swagger to him. And it felt like he had that and plenty of it in this game against the Pistons where they just, they had zero answer for him. They couldn't slow him down. He was getting whatever he wanted on the court. And that's only going to e- become even easier as he rolls into a lineup this season with guys like Fred Van Vliet and Amon Thompson to help set him up for the, further, or even, you know, playing off of Alperin Shingun and hopefully some of the creative sets that we see Ime Udoka dis- deploy this season. So really excited to see where Jabari and Tari's development continues to take them. They have been absolutely phenomenal through two summer league games. Unfortunately, it looks like they're probably going to be shut down here and not play any more summer league games. However, the one silver lining to both of those guys being shut down is that it means we are going to get an extensive look at Cam Whitmore for better or for worse. And this is what summer league's all about, right? It's for it's for the young guys to really just go out there and just kind of like, you know, show what they got. And maybe we're going to get you know, a 30 field goal attempt game from Cam Whitmore and hopefully he fills it up and goes for like, you know, 30 plus. It'd be a ton of fun to be able to see. And hopefully we got some highlight plays to look forward to out of him uh, in game three and moving forward for the Rockets. But coming up, do want to share Dylan Brooks, his media availability, his thoughts on why Houston was the right fit for him and what he brings to this Rockets team. We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now we're going to go ahead and dive into Dylan Brooks, his media availability. We'll run that back and then I'll share some thoughts about what he had to say. Appreciate you saying that though. Um, why was this the right place for you? Um, I think it was a good new start for me. Uh, being a young guy, um, time change. criticism for not looking to expand their games in some ways. How do you find the balance then between, yeah, you got to try and become a better player than you are today, but still know your game, know your strengths and all that stuff? Uh, I think, you know, you're going to get criticized all the time. It's part of the job, it's part of the basketball. Um, but I feel like me growing up as a person, me growing up as like a fiery, gritty guy, that, you know, I always wanted to get better, always wanted to get better. scared when it gets closer to my end years because I feel like I'm going to feel that, that same drive when I'm old and wrinkly. So, um, you know, just finding ways to you know, work on my jump shot, keep fine-tuning my defense, um, getting back to my mid-range game and 
um, finding ways to you know, break for my teammates. What do you mean with being old and wrinkly? None. <laughs> <laughs> None. I just can't play basketball no more. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what do you envision bringing to this team? Um, energy, um, just uh, cohesiveness, um, and then learning ways how to win. How do you think the your experience with the Grizzlies kind of prepared you for this role with this team specifically? I feel like it's like almost the exact same team from three, four years ago. Kind of have the same type of players. Um, Jalen Green, like John Moran, um, Jabari is like Aaron. You know, these young guys that can um, stand the game and be the best or the best in the league. So. Um, I feel like around you know those two guys are almost the same type of deal. But you and Fred were brought in to kind of be the, the veteran leaders, the mentors for these young guys. How would you best describe your leadership style? Um, I'm, 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 I'm vocal, especially on the floor, on the basketball floor. Um, through my years at Memphis, I learned how to you know take guys um, under my wing and communicate them what I learned, my stories that I went through at the NBA. Trying to find ways, like I said, to win. Which guys specifically did you like? Kind of take under your wing? In Memphis or here? In Memphis. Uh, Dez, Zaire, um, guys that are the same position as me. That's why I'm excited to work with with Tari. You know, because I played against him for one year. You know, he's athletic, he's got a lot of potential, a lot of tangibles, and you know, he just focuses and focuses on little details and things like that. Um, he can take his game to the next level. What have those conversations been like between you, Tari, Jabari, kind of trying to build that chemistry, build that rapport? It is. It's, it's, it hasn't. I haven't had those conversations yet. Um, you, know, um, you know, it's a little bit here and there. We were shooting today, so you know, I had a little, little nuggets here and there. Um, but, you know, when we get closer, you know, training camp and watch the film and, you know, I get to know everybody and see everybody, then it'll start, you know, growing. You seem to really enjoy this today. Yeah. Just new guys, and or just you would have any year enjoyed this. Or am I right even in that perception? Um, yeah. yeah. I enjoy the, the grind, the offseason, um, especially, you know, getting to know new guys. Um, I just love the work. I love being around the team, I love being around the guys. I, mean, I feel like I've been, free agency's been so, like, I've been by myself. I like being around people, being around, you know, people that want to be around me. So, um, I'm happy to be here, happy to be around the guys, and can't wait to get the season going. I always thought of you as a guy that the Rockets had, they could have had. Did you? Did you think well, about like, that? Well, like, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah, no, with, like, James and all those guys, yeah. Um... I guess he didn't know what, what, I could, what I could have been. Um, and, you know, now seven years later, um, you know, stuff comes full circle. Chris Wallace picked you originally, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I didn't even know he was on the staff as I see today, so it's kind of ironic. A little, little catch-up conversation yeah, with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so that was Dylan Brooks kind of breaking down what he envisions bringing to this Houston Rockets team, why Houston was the right fit for him. And, and I honestly thought he had some really insightful answers. The first thing that stands out is the fact that he, you know, kind of points out the the parallels, I guess, between where the Memphis Grizzlies were a few years ago, three, four years ago with a young, you know, a young John Morant, a young Triple J, and some of the similarities that guys like Jalen Green and 
uh, Jabari Smith Jr. share with those players because those are comps that we have made before, right? Those are guys that you look at and you see the athleticism, right, that John Morant has, and you see the athleticism that Jalen has. You see the build and the versatility defensively that Jabari Smith Jr. and, and Jaron Jackson Jr. both have. And you you know, it's pretty easy to want to make those comparisons to draw those comps as we're sitting here and we're just like, you know, we're fans or we're media members and we're just like, yeah, we can kind of maybe see it. It's a completely different animal to have an NBA player sit there and say, yeah, like I see it too, right? Like y'all aren't crazy. Like I see their similarities between these players. Now, are they exact one for one copies? Absolutely not. But it does kind of point to and show you that there's a really high ceiling for players like that, right? That Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. have a chance to grow into and develop into something really special here. And if Dylan Brooks can kind of see that, and if he's seen it before with the Memphis Grizzlies and he was there to kind of help grow and nurture and be a part of that core, and now he's able to take that wisdom specifically and bring it to Houston, all his experiences, everything he's dealt with as an NBA player, and come here and hopefully impart that wisdom onto these young Rockets. He, you know, he talked about being a vocal leader when I asked him, right? What, what, you know, what's his leadership style? He's like, I'm a vocal leader, right? Especially on the court. And that's exactly what these young players need, right? They need guys who are going to teach them how to do the right things. And, And being vocal on the court is a key part of the communication element of, of being able to achieve things on both sides of the floor, right? You've got to be able to communicate at a high level with your teammates. But he even talked about, you know, the fact that he loves being able to take guys who play his position uh, under his wing and talked about, you know, doing that with a couple guys in Memphis. And he really was, you know, he, he kind of lit up a little bit when he was talking about Tari Eason and how excited he is to be able to kind of, you know, help Tari on his journey and help him kind of focus in on those little things and be able to help take his game to another level. And I think that's exactly what you want. Like this is, you know, I saw somebody on somebody on Twitter when I'm sharing, when I was sharing the clips from this, it was like, that's like the $86 million answer, right? Because that's exactly what the Rockets brought him in to do, right? They brought Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks in to be the veteran voices in the locker room to help establish what Emo Doka wants to do here in Houston. And you're already hearing and seeing Dylan Brooks kind of say and do some of the right things, right? I do really think that he can be and will be a really good example for guys like Tari Eason, for guys like Jabari Smith Jr., for guys like Cam Whitmore, to really teach them how to thrive at this level. And I do think that, you know, when, when asked about, you know, what he wants to do, how he wants to grow and be, you know, a better player, I think I think Jonathan made a really good point, kind of following up on that question, uh, Jonathan Fagan from the Houston Chronicle, right, where it is kind of a catch-22, where if you talk about wanting to, you know, get better offensively or have a bigger role offensively or expand your game. And then people are like, we don't want you to do that because they immediately think, oh, it just means more shots or more of that, whatever, you know, but it's also people, people do kind of dunk on players for not expanding their game, right? You see players like, shoot, I mean, it happens with, well, like Rudy Gobert all the time because Rudy Gobert's never expanded his offensive game. So it's like, well, which one is it? Do you want players to try and get better or do you want players to stay the same? And I do think that there's a world where Dylan Brooks can be an impactful player on the offensive end, but he's definitely, he's not the guy that you want taking 10, 15 shot attempts a game. He's just not right. And I do think that when you look at the talent on this Rockets roster, the way that the offensive hierarchy is probably going to just organically love that word organically fall into place. I do think Dylan Brooks is going to, you know, have to realize that he's probably, you know, at best fourth in the pecking order of like the rocket starters, probably more realistically fifth. And like I said before, I think there's a a world where 
Dylan Brooks can get some different shots and better shots within this Rockets offense than what he was getting in Memphis, right? To where he doesn't necessarily have to force contested threes or take, you know, ill-advised two-point shots, that kind of thing. Hopefully he can get his shot diet to look like, you know, a lot of dunks and layups right at the rim, drawing some fouls and just taking those wide open three-pointers, right? The ones that are going to be generated by guys like Jalen Green, Fred, Fred Van Vliet, Alperin Shingoon, the gravity that those guys provide. Jabari Smith Jr. even. If he's if he's going to look like summer league Jabari Smith Jr. when he's on the court next season, looking like a prime Kevin Durant, just lighting up a defense from, you know, all three levels on the court, driving, finishing at the rim, getting to the free throw line, mid-range, posting up, facing up, pulling up from, th- from three. <laughs> Jabari had one where he pulled up from three and he looked exactly like T-Mac. Like he looked like prime T-Mac when he pulled up from the, the right wing and just no hesitation drained the three over the top of the defense. Nothing they could do about it. One more side note on Jabari, watching them shoot around at Rockets practice. It really does look like there's quite a bit more arc on his shot. Um, I know that was kind of an issue at times last year where we would think, man, Jabari shot, like it looks a little flat. Like it looks, you know, maybe he's, you know, not using, not using nearly enough leg or whatever. His shot looks really good. Like he's elevating. He's got that high release point. The arc looks good. All of it looks incredible. And so, I, you know, he's really clearly been in the lab working, honing his craft this offseason, getting ready for, you know, this this next step in his journey, his sophomore season. So really excited about what he's going to bring to the table, excited for what Dylan Brooks is going to bring to this Rockets team from a leadership perspective, how he sees himself ultimately fitting in with these guys and being a mentor to these guys saying and doing all the right things so far, which is, you know, at least an encouraging sign here right out of the gate. And then again, even Tari Eason, right, who was arguably just as dominant as Jabari Smith Jr. was, just in a, a you know a bit of different ways uh, throughout his little summer league stint. So those two guys shut down. Looking forward to a steady diet of Cam Whitmore over the remaining summer league games. It's going to be a ton of fun, and of course we'll have you covered for all the action right here at Locked On Rockets. But if you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked On Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Drop your thoughts about Jabari Smith Jr. Absolutely cooking in summer league. 35 and a half points through two games or average through two games, 33 in game one, 38 in game two. Drop your thoughts about Jabari in the comments. Drop your thoughts on anything in the comments. I read them every single day. I do. Sometimes I reply. Sometimes I don't, but I do read every single comment. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.